a fast car. I got a plan to get us out of here. Been working at the convenience store. Managed to save just a little bit of money. Won't have to drive. Somebody said on the tag line they had fast cars stuck in their head. Yeah, I've tried to play it. I'm glad this song is getting the attention it deserves for a younger generation now, thanks to Luke Combs, right? right is that yeah. the right singer? Yeah, Luke Combs. He's got the new version. My uh, my uh, nine-year-old has become a music aficionado, so uh, I listen some – well, I mean, I listen to us pretty much nonstop, but my kids will push back, and we're working next time I get a free subscription because – I'm cheap. You guys know that. And I listen to this station called The Coffee House a lot. And the reason we listen to it is because they play the original version of Fast Car. She doesn't like the country version. The, the, new era, the new era forgets Tracy yeah. Chapman. Yeah, they forget. They forget how great she was. All right. Uh, we kick off hour three of the Plank Show in reminding you that we're brought to you by Mop and Roofing. Mop and Roofing on guard for Oklahoma. Locally owned and operated, fully insured, licensed, and bonded. Mop and Roofing, we got you covered. 405-703-3843. And we get you caught up on everything in the world of sports with the top five stories of the day. It's time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. Yes, Newcastle Casino. Exit 107 off I-44. 14 table games. They also have the off-track betting. Uh, did I say 14 table games? Blackjack, three-card poker, yep. Ultimate Texas Hold'em, and Baccarat Front Row Sports Bar, located at Newcastle Casino, has monthly drink specials and happy hour every day, 3 to 6 p.m. That's Monday through Friday, I guess I should say. Not every day, but get out there. It's awesome. Newcastle Casino, newcastlecasino.com. All right, I'm going to make you mad with big story number five, but here we go. Number five. Number five. Oh. Mentioned earlier how this is that time you get away from the NBA, but I have two quick NBA topics to start with big story number five. Uh, Draymond Green is making the podcast rounds. I thought he had his own podcast, but he was on the Pat Beverly podcast and was asked about the Jordan Poole incident. I don't just hit people. Dialogue, of course, happens over time, and you you usually ain't just triggered by something like that fast, you know, to that degree. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is a team. You know what I'm saying? Like, and nobody on my team triggering me, you know, in an instant. You know, we know stuff that you don't say amongst men. You know what I'm saying? We, we, you know, we know, you know, things that you have to stand on. I can see Golden State Warrior fans now, like, yeah. So I mean, I punch him too. It's like, what? What? <laughs> I don't just punch people as a defense. And then how about this? A little bit more in depth. In the there's two big NBA stories right now that have gone kind of quiet, right? We haven't heard anything about Damian Lillard basically since his agent said he ain't going anywhere other than Miami. That's killed that story. Uh, and we're still waiting to see what's going on with James Harden. Here's Daryl Morey. By him opting in, that really helped you. I thought that was great for us. Well, Anthony. I think James and James is a very good player. By the way, by the way, by the way, let me just say this. Uh, that's Anthony Gargano, my man at Fox Sports Radio, asking the question. So here we go. Well, I think James and James is a very good player and. Right now, unfortunately, he does prefer to be somewhere else. I do have a long relationship with him. I'm attempting to honor that. Um, But the reality is, if we do look at a trade, we're going to, it's going to be for one of two things. 
it's either going to be for a player who continues to help us be right there like we were last year, uh, up 3-2 on, on you know one of the best teams in the East, the Celtics. Obviously, we didn't get it done, but James was a big part of why we got it to 3-2. Um, or we're going to do it for something where we get enough uh, you know, draft picks and things like that in a deal such that we can then turn those into a player who is as, it can be a running mate with Joel as well. But if we don't get, you know, either a very good player or something that we can turn into a very good player, then we're just not going to do it. There you go. I don't think they're going to trade him. <laughs> I don't think so either. It felt like that talk was a long time ago with the Miami Heat being the destination for Damian Lillard. Yeah, I don't I don't think they're going to trade him. I'm starting to believe more and more they're not going to trade Lillard either. I'm starting to believe that more and more as well. <laughs> yeah. All right, there's your NBA stuff. Let's quickly get to big story number four. Number four. Do you know what happens today? Today is the official start of the first NFL training camp. Which, by the way, what coincided with me hearing from my man uh, TJ on Twitter, which made me very happy. But uh, I, tr- I typed in Adam Schefter to get his Twitter feed. Do you want to know what the first Adam that came up was? What? You don't want to know. There were two <laughs> numbers after it. Uh, today, today is the opening of Jets camp. And oh, do we have a lot of news. Uh, we have 50 days until the first NFL game. But... The Jets, rookies, and veterans report today. Now, several rookies are reporting from around the league. Uh, You have, I think, 11 teams, according to the Chiefs, who have their rookies that are reporting today. Um, But we already have news, all right? So here we go. First off, Giants linebacker Jared Davis suffered a season-ending injury during OTAs. He's out for the year. That was just announced. Uh, Zach Martin who, again, I loathe Madden rankings revealing. Uh Um, But the first 99 club guard for all Madden since 2003, celebrated by essentially um, not reporting to training camp, according to some rumors out there. He is unhappy with his contract and the team's lack of interest in restructuring it. Quote, woefully underpaid relative to the market. That's how Zach Martin feels. Uh, The Steelers signed one of the more talented edge rushers, Alex Highsmith, to a huge deal. Four years, $68 million. And unfortunately, one of our own is in trouble again. Perrion Winfrey was released by the Cleveland Browns today. The reason why Perrion Winfrey was released, well, unfortunately, he is under suspicion of assault after he reportedly threatened a woman and possessed a gun. Yep. I did we missed that. I think it happened over a little over an hour ago. We got a few texts about it, but yeah, I'm just now seeing this too for Perion. Not good for uh Winfrey. Yeah. The the Browns are investigating him and decided, you know what, we're just we're moving on. Yeah, he's had some incidents. I think that happened Tuesday night with Perion. Oh, is that when it happened? Yeah, Tuesday night. Oh gosh. I I love talking and getting to know Perion. I wish he would have stayed around another year. I think he would have. I think, 
I think being in Brent Venables' system would have helped him out a lot, but I completely understand why he went when he did. But there were there were signs, man. There were warning flags. Were, yeah, and you, were. Were just, you were just hoping that maybe once he got to the NFL, those would dissipate. He had a successful senior bowl, but it's, I think it's going to be tough for him to get back in the NFL. Yeah, I wish he stayed for another year. It would have been a great fit, a bull rusher up front on the defensive line and Venable system. Mm. But, yeah, I hope he gets some help. Not, not good seeing this. All right, big story number three. Number three. Last night was a wild night in Major League Baseball. And I'm pretty much all in on it. I'm not going to lie to you. Part of it was because the Dodgers were playing well and because it was very early in the day for the Dodgers. But four separate games ended with both teams scoring at least 10 runs, tying the all-time Major League Baseball record for the most such games in a day. The other two uh, instances of this came on July 4th and July 9th of 1894. You had... Four games where both teams had 10 or more runs, and it hadn't happened since 1894. <laughs> uh, those games with the where both teams scored double-digit runs last night included, uh, not the Dodgers, the Mets beating the White Sox 11-10, to the Diamondbacks and the Braves 16-13, to the Giants beat the Reds 11 to 10 so they swept that double header yesterday. The Royals 11, the Tigers 10. And oh by the way, the Twins scored 10 or more uh, let's see 10 or more runs for the Twins, the Cubs, the Dodgers and the Guardians yesterday. That's wild. <laughs> wild. Every, every night I'm checking ESPN for the MLB scores, but the Diamondbacks and the Braves I think it was 11 to 8 after the fifth inning. Yeah, you're like, whoa, what's going on here? Ah, my goodness. But it wasn't the most dramatic score of the night. The most dramatic score of the night came at Bush Stadium. And the pitch is hammered to left field. This could be, and it's gone. Nolan Arenado, a walk-off big fly. A three-run shot into the bleachers, and the Cardinals walking off here at Bush Stadium. Yeah, but because there wasn't like 100 runs scored in that game, it's like, eh. Meanwhile, it was a great game for the uh, Angels, who are or are not training the, the star Shohei Otani. It's past the first baseman, LeMahieu, and into the right field corner. Meadows off to the races. He gets to third. He's being waved home. Otani is on his way to third. It's an RBI triple for the major league leader in home runs and triples. The Angels have a 4-1 to lead. I just I can't fathom trading the best player in baseball. I know. I it's hard to do. It, fathom. It's like impossible to pitch to that dude, too. Triple and RBI last night. Pitching came around. Sandoval was good. Seven and a third, two hits. Struck yeah, out they're seven. they're starting Angels to come. To one. They're starting to come around a little bit after the All Star break. They're still waiting for Mike Trout to get healthy. All right, big story number two. Number two. You mentioned Mike Trout getting healthy. If if they can just stay within shouting distance of the wild card, just you know, right now, I can't believe I'm talking to the Angels this much. They're only four and a half games out of the wild card. Right, they're only four and a half out of the wild card. If you can stay within that shouting distance, right, kind yeah. of sell yourself a little. Yeah, bit. you don't you don't want to fall back and then have to rely on Mike Trout to get you to the playoffs. Mm. So, uh, SEC Media Day, SEC Media Day is taking place as we speak. 
and you've seen a lot of uh, next year, Oklahoma's going to be here. What do you think? What do you think? Uh, Oklahoma and Texas joining the SEC. Here's what Nick Saban had to say earlier today when the Alabama head football coach talked about Oklahoma and Texas coming to the SEC. SEC. Oh, I think it's a great addition to the SEC. I mean, you've got two um, great programs that have great traditions, um, that have great fan support. Uh, I think it you know, just continues to uh, sort of the map of the SEC it is stronger than ever. Uh, I think the competition is going to be, um, it's always been difficult. It's going to be even more challenging uh, because you've got two really, really good programs who have consistently, if you look at the past, have been you know, top 10 programs for a lot of years, um, won national championships. Um, so they're going to add a lot to the competition. I think with the new scheduling that we'll have in the future, it's uh, more good games for fans, more diversity in who you play. Uh, so there's a lot of positives, you know, about it. There you go. There's Nick Saban. Great answer by Saban. We also had Sam Pittman, the Arkansas coach, had something to say with OU in Texas too, which oh. I don't have the audio, oh, okay. but we got something from Brett McMurphy. He said the state of Arkansas is ecstatic about – the ability to play Texas and Oklahoma, bringing two-story programs to the SEC. I'm excited. I'm from Oklahoma. I grew up a Sooner fan. It'll be a great deal, especially for Texas because of the old Southwest Conference. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. And while some people are trying to do what they can to beat down the addition of Oklahoma and Texas, which is fine. Like the LSU running back. <laughs> I know. How about this from – Georgia offensive lineman Cedric Van Pran, who, by the way, I've talked to. I talked to him after the national championship win. Uh, smart, intelligent dude. We heard yesterday that the two new schools maybe don't know what they're in for with the SEC. So based on your experience, what's waiting for Texas and Oklahoma when they join this conference? Um, I, I want to be careful with what I say because, in my opinion, I think football is football, right? Anybody, any given day, like it doesn't matter conference, size, any of that. If it's your day, it's your day. So I don't necessarily want to get into what's necessarily waiting for them. But I will say I do think that they will be very competitive um, in this league. And I think that it will be good for the league because when you add two premier programs like that that have such rich histories, um, I think it only elevates the, the status of the conference. Great answer. And the way that question Smart. was worded, it's like that – the reporter was ex was wanting an answer that was bad for OU in Texas, but <laughs> what a good answer. Good answer. Smart answer. Well done. Well done. All right, uh, anything else from SEC Media Days that caught your, your eye that we need to get to? I, I haven't really seen too much today. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I've just seen Nick Saban and Sam Pittman, of course, over here in the TV, but really haven't been able to yeah. hear anything on the front. Oh, good. Uh, ESPN Sports Center will now go to uh, Paul Feinbaum to basically just have a hot take about everything that he's saying. Perfect. Well, you know, Saban's coaching for his legacy here, so he's got to say that. Oh, my gosh. That was so idiotic to hear that. I, yeah, it was so bad. I know that's old news. but No, you know what? Hey, listen. Uh, pardon the interruption. Took a quote from a week ago and made it a whole segment. There's that's no right. such thing as old news anymore. By the way, speaking of ESPN, I still think the best take that I saw uh, was from TJ. Uh, on Twitter, he's like, embrace debate culture, ruin daytime sports. The day it changed, quote, I want Iguadala, Max Kellerman. <laughs>
I think you're right. Yeah, it you has changed from this. It's funny that you say that because I don't remember having such visceral reactions to like Skip Bayless and Stephen A. Smith. It was just like, I think the show was even first in 10. And the whole Jay Crawford even had a bit of a personality. And it was great. I was like, oh, this is fun. Now all of a sudden it's like, who can say the stupidest I S know, I know. and get the biggest reaction? All right. Um, one thing that we didn't get to. Uh, in talking about you know college football here, big story number two, SEC Media Days, was the fact that we have another twist and turn in the conference realignment wheel. And I, I always like to be right about things. So when I say I hate to say I told you so, I absolutely love that I get to tell you I told you so on this. The Mountain West has informed San Diego State that the school will remain a member. Thanks for the news. I mean, everyone that's like, oh, they're going to kick them out of the league. You're like, no, they're not. No, they're not. They'll, they'll get to the point where it's it's going to become a realization that the Mountain West is the Mountain West, and they need San Diego State as much as now San Diego State needs them, and so they'll let them back in. The school has accepted responsibility for covering fees that the conference expensed over legal, worth, uh, legal work during a letter exchange with San Diego State. San Diego State originally sent the Mountain West a letter announcing its intention to withdraw. The Mountain West took it as a formal withdrawal, withheld distribution, but they were able to work things out like we told you they would. I don't know why San Diego State was, was even wanting out of the Mountain West. Well, they thought they were going to get a Big 12 or Pac-12 offer. Okay, yeah, yeah. But they still could get a Pac-12 offer. <laughs> I mean, the, And by the way, the Pac-12 is not going to announce its TV deal next week. But Pac-12 could announce its TV deal, and San Diego State could end up in the Pac-12 anyway. um, It gets us to big story number one, I think, right? Number one. Number one. Number one. So it's been a big day of embracing debate here on The Ref. One of those uh, topics that has kind of been lost in the sauce has been Zion Raggins' commitment. So when we come back, I I don't know of another – network that gives you a one-hour show completely committed to recruiting like the Ref Sports Radio Network does. And as this story broke yesterday afternoon at about 1 o'clock, you got instant reaction from Parker Thune. Now, maybe you were working, maybe you are out and about and you didn't get to hear it. Uh, I'll reset three key things that Parker said about the commitment of Zion Raggins next and also a couple of other quick uh, OU notes as we get to that for the start of camp right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. It's a good question, by the way. Did you see this one that popped in off the text line on the baseball scores from last night? Let me see here. I thought that was good because I have an answer for it. Regarding runs scored in Major League Baseball games last night and the comparison 1894, how many teams were even playing in 1894 and how many play in 2023? That's a good question. Maybe you have what? Five. Yeah, 12. Uh, probably not right. Oh, yeah, 12. Yeah, 12 teams that played. In 1893. Yeah, it's kind of hard to compare that then. Uh, And what do you have, 30 right now in Major League Baseball? So, yeah, 15 in the American, 15 in the National. So that shows you, boy, that had to be a banger of a night, uh, a banger of a 4th of July weekend whenever it comes to baseball back in 1894. (laughs) Uh, By the way, that stat was courtesy of MLB.com. Last night, four separate games ended with both teams, both teams scoring at least 10 runs. It was the all-time record for the most such games in a day, and the only other two instances came in July on July 4th and July 9th of 1894. If you like offense, there you go. 
That's that's for you. Zion Raggins is a Sooner. He committed yesterday, five foot nine, one fifty. Uh, I, I don't. Do you get into all the? You're you're a recruiting guy. You're all a, li- a little bit. Right. I, I've seen a lot of five seven. I know, I know Parker well, talks about five nine being generous. Well, let's let's go ahead and and here's three things that Parker said about Raggins in this class. First, you mentioned the size. Oh, I guess it. Man, I have just not been on it today with making sure this is unmuted. I I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. I've stood next to the kid. Five seven is probably more accurate than five nine. Yeah, he's not a he's not a very big dude. But again, like you go back to the fact that Lincoln Riley and Dennis Simmons offered this dude before the conclusion of his sophomore year of high school. His recruitment predates the arrival of the new Oklahoma staff. At that size, you really got to be a special playmaker if you want to get an offer like Oklahoma that early on in the process. So. Despite the size or lack thereof, Raggins is a guy that brings lightning, man. And he's going to be a fun player in this offense if the Sooners find a variety of ways to get the ball in his hand. Had offers from Georgia, Florida State, I think, what, Arizona? Arizona State were in the mix as well, too, for the gray Georgia product. Jones High School, he's in the 24 class, which adds to what seems to be a pretty solid recruiting class and here's what Parker said about the makeup of this recruiting class. I love this class. and what, what well, I, Makeup of this recruiting class at the receiver position. Sorry, Parker. I love this class. And what, what I love about this class at wideout, Tyler, is that, and we kind of talked about this yesterday, the juxtaposition of speed and size. Speed and Zion Raggins and K.J. Daniels, two of the absolute fastest wideouts in the nation, in this cycle, and then Dozy Azikama at six foot three, Zion Kearney at six foot three, Ivan Carrion at six foot six. There is no area in which Oklahoma is deficient physically when you look at the composition of this wide receiver class. Yeah, pretty solid. Yeah, Emmett Jones has been next level so far in this recruiting for Oklahoma. To gain another four-star wide receiver like this and to do with just electric speed. Zion Kearney, Zion Raggins, Ivan Carrion, uh, who am I leaving out? K.J. Daniels that he just mentioned, Dozy as a comma, and I think there's, what, the potential of a sixth yeah. wide receiver that could be added to that mix, so very impressive. And spe- you mentioned speed, speed. Zion Raggins won a state championship in the 100-meter dash in the state of Georgia as a freshman. The state of Georgia is not littered with scrubs, Tyler. Like, you win a 100-meter dash in the state of Montana as a freshman. It's like, okay, well, I mean, you might end up running D2 track somewhere. No, you win a state championship in the state of Georgia as a freshman. That's pretty unheard of. Pretty impressive. I've heard that, but I didn't hear it as a freshman. As part a freshman. Of that. And, and Tyler added, he did it as a sophomore, too. Gosh, man. So, uh, Parker's coming up here next. I just, I was, I was listening yesterday and I thought, oh, we're playing this on the show. Because I, I haven't had a chance to really sit and watch Zion Raggins. You know, you, you hear numbers and you see 40 times, but you, you maybe also see five, five, nine. But then you realize, look well, yeah, how diverse this, group is right now size wise 
Well, and OU from the past has had great success with wide receivers undersized and half speed. Jalen Saunders, of course, Hollywood Brown, and he's right up there with it, a mixture of those two. It, people people sleep on Jalen Saunders, by the way. Ooh, they was, do. <laughs> he was so good. Elite punt returner. I love that dude. I love that dude. I love talking to him. Uh, here, here, by the way, just to kind of give you an idea, because I know it's such a an, an interesting thing. You look up and down the Sooner roster, which is, if you look at from the spring roster to now, I mean, I've got three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. I've got sixteen wide receivers on the roster right now, but it's all over the map size wise, which is cool, right? Six foot, five nine, five nine, five seven, five eight. Uh, five ten six four. <laughs> I didn't realize JJ Hester was six four. I I, I didn't either. Yeah, that? six three six four. Uh, Andrew Anthony comes in. He's six one six four for Nick Anderson. Six five for Jaden Gibson. Farouk is six one. So you've got the line. And Drake Stoops is five ten. So kind of like this recruiting class, right? You got a bunch of different sizes and different body types and speed in this class. It's exciting. Yeah, it's a great mixture of size. And it's also been a long time since OU has had. You know, big bullies on the outside, 6'4", 6'5", and that's exactly what OU has. And it's nice to mix that in with some uh, speedsters on the inside in the slot. Uh, and, and Sugar Shane added this on it. Watching Hollywood and Reagan's, uh, Raggins highlights side-by-side, very, very similar. The breakaway speed is incredible. That's a first-round pick, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Get behind the corners and the safeties. Dylan Gabriel under throw him. No, I'm sorry. I'm not doing <laughs> yeah. the voice anymore, and Dylan will be gone by the time he gets. We think, we think. But there you go. Very uh very cool commit, very solid addition for the Oklahoma Sooners. And remember, it's always some nerves until you sign on that dotted line. But from everything we've seen, Emmett Jones has crushed it, and these commitments seem really solid going forward. Uh, and there's there's one from your boy Drew, my boy Drew England checking in. Mark Clayton was a small dude coming to OU when he was recruited. Yeah, he was. It bulk, bulked up a little coach. bit. And we know exactly what Mark Clayton did at OU. Not a bad career. All right, it's been a busy day on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Let's roll through the best next, right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. All right, it's a plank show right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. The ref. It's just kind of flown by today. It's one of those where I looked up and like, oh, it's eleven thirty-eight already. I got to hustle. I haven't. I haven't got to the t- – I, I say, put the text line away. Don't want to look at it. Now I'm like, oh, we got to get to it. Uh, Oklahoma City checks in the 405. What? Where's more Mountain West Media Day talk going on right now in Vegas? I mean, San Diego State and the Mountain West kissing and making up is a much bigger story than anything involving Coach Prime. That's fair. Come on, show some love to the Mountain West. I did see I, – I somehow – I went through that phase where I just followed everyone who followed me. So I ended up following a bunch of beat riders from like Hawaii whenever Jossie was out there. Uh. So I guess I follow a bunch of guys, and they're having a big cornhole tournament at the Mountain West Media Days, which made me want to go there. It was like, sounds like fun. That sounds a lot more fun than just sitting there and acting like Paul Feinbaum's a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sooner Gundy, back to, the, back to the battle between pardon the interruption and Sooner fans. Sooner Gundy writes, where's the outrage for the kids on the Colorado team from the media? <laughs> well, I, I listen, seeing that they just now caught Brent Venable's comment from a week ago, Sooner Gundy, they might not even be aware of that. It's like, hey, did you hear about the that he kicked half the kids off the team? Didn't say they couldn't be there? What? That could be something for the next week topic. <laughs> the 918 writes, 
Uh, they just now are getting to it on PTI because they just got a peep of the meme. <laughs> Which again, I, I hey, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you, Ref Army, on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line and on the Riverwind Casino jackpot line. No, and I mean zero people that are saying, hey, have you seen this? What Dion said? And pe- people just go with it. I mean, it for me, that thing looks fake, but it's just blown up. It is it is wild, wild to think how viral that went. Those dudes are men, women, people, they, them, whatever, that came up with that. I mean, they're probably high-fiving like crazy. That's the most attention they've ever got. It was, it was like when the, when the video popped up of the tour of the OU facilities and the YouTube page was like the anonymous nobody and the other videos had like four views and five views. Then all of a sudden this thing got to like 5,000 before it got yanked down. And then, and then everybody was believing that too. Right. Brandon from Shawnee writes, I believe Matt Rule will have a better year than Prime. That's my opinion. I will say this, Brandon from Shawnee. Now, obviously, someone very near and dear to me, very close to me, works in Nebraska now. And let's just say she's on about four years running of telling me how good they're going to be. I haven't heard anything yet. So that leads me to believe that maybe there's a quiet confidence that's going on right now up in old Nebraska. I think I think Matt Rule will be a little bit better. I think his roster wise, it's maybe a, a tad bit similar to Colorado, but I think they have a little more pieces than what Dion is dealing with. I Nebraska's schedule is interesting, right? They've they open up the season with back to back games on the road. They're at Minnesota and they're at Colorado, and that Colorado kick is at um, I believe it's like ten a.m. local time. Because it's mountain time. They don't – they get Michigan at home. They've got to go to Wisconsin. They've got to go to East Lansing, and they get Iowa at home. I think they're going to be – you know, it's it's wild to think. They were a 4-8 football team last I year. I know, yeah. <laughs> Nebraska. With Casey Thompson. I think they might be pretty good. Now, pretty good with, with Nebraska would – I think I think they're at least a six seven win team this year. Yeah, the schedule looks okay to be five hundred or over five hundred seven wins. And by the way, uh, to your point, I think that was double, double <laughs> the amount of wins that Colorado's. It will. Have. It will. Guy writes on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Even if Brent did criticize, even if he doesn't like Dion, playing the race card is out of. Bounds. Now, you know, Guy, I got to be honest with you and, and many others. I went back and listened to that again during a break. Are we reading into when he says, I have my suspicions to think that he's insinuating the race card? Or is there something, are, are, uh, a race issue? Or is there something he says later in the show that I missed? I mean, it, it really, that's kind of being drawn from... I have my suspicions, right? Yeah, that's what people okay. are going with. Okay, what, okay. We'll bond, yeah. Which, the, I, which it just blows my mind because that's literally nothing to do with race. Oh, it does. It has absolutely zero to do with it. Uh, Gunny of Stutzman's Army. Good to see you, Gunny. I suspect Will Bond is mad because he didn't get to participate in the Northwestern car wash. <laughs> from the 405, they didn't think it was a big deal to criticize Mario Cristobal. That's okay, but don't you dare do it to Dion. 
I honest, I honestly just think, you know, Bill Burr's got a great take, one of many, where he was making fun of the ESPN people when they were reacting to Olympic hockey, and he and he mentions this with Will Bond. He says Michael Will Bond out there saying, "Oh, look at the great stick work, stick work." the hell do you know about stick work it's the same that you see in the nhl and it's it's funny because i think and stephen a smith is guilty of this too and i actually kind of dig stephen a smith now but they just get a little bit of information on something and boom they go with it It, yeah in a sport that they're not really dialed into at all now there's as you mentioned as you mentioned uh there's been a lot of these wilbon needs to worry about northwestern things of that nature 405. Dion tweeted it was fake before PTI, and they're actually just too lazy to fact check. Well, I think PTI tapes like now. I, it's not yeah, a live show. I no. think it tapes at, uh, at like noon Eastern time. But D- Dion did say something about it being fake. I never, I didn't hear anything from Dion. Hmm. Well, Dion didn't say anything. He he tweeted it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So here's what Dion Sanders said yesterday on on Twitter. Uh, from the let's see, make sure I get the proper one here. He's got a couple Bible verses. Here you go. Uh, will someone please help me track down who put that lie out? That was a response to the latest coach's attack on CU Buffs football. Please help me identify the liar. God bless. Okay, I'm seeing it now. Yeah, I must have just missed it because Coach Prime, I think, tweets quite a bunch. Uh, he really does. That's right. <laughs> he really does um, a lot. So yeah, that's 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 a good. One. Uh, here's here's the nine one eight checking in on it, and this is literally we could have done the whole show on this today. One big issue with Wilbon is that if there is a lot of racism in the world, and when he says something like that, it diminishes the real problem and doesn't do anything to work towards a solution. Again, I, I keep going back to this. I just I honestly think if he's insinuating that with his "I have my suspicion," bro. It, you really need to check yourself. That's know, a that's, really bad take. It's, yeah, it's very, very stupid. We're, I mean, we're just assuming that he's meaning that. I, you're right. And and to be honest with you, to be honest with you, I, I don't think that's a very – now he'll play if, – if they ever get called on anything, right? What did you mean by this? Well, no, I just meant that he was jealous of him, that he's jealous <laughs> yeah, of Deion yeah, Sanders. Yeah. And he wishes he could do what he did. That's what I'm saying. I've got my suspicions. Oh, okay. See, because I, I think you could wiggle your way out of that. Mr. Sports, a member of Stutzman's Army, has checked in on the text line. How about that? When you're a great program, there is always haters looking up and pointing at you. As for Georgia, if it quacks like a duck, walks like a duck, it's a duck. Mr. Sports, checking in from Norble. Yeah, uh, they always attack the top. Big time programs like OU and of course like Georgia. Yeah, um, I, I and then they, uh, w- one more. This from the nine one eight. Coach Prime thinks that is an attack. Then he isn't ready for a head coaching job at a blue blood school. Yes, I've said this a bazillion times on this show today, but uh, I don't. I don't know. And then Brad from OKC with a little different perspective. He goes, I love BV, but I think he deserved that. Why is he ripping on other coaches? My humble opinion, my humble opinion thinks he should probably focus on his own team and his own job. Bad look, in my opinion. You know, Brad, there's also been a couple of people like, why'd well, I have to mention it by name? 
My point has been in just using different examples across college football, he's comparing what he's done in roster revision, restructuring, and what others has done. So, I, I mean, to me, it's not a shot. It's him pointing out, hey, here's what Dion did, and here's what I did. Here's what Mario Cristobal did. Here's what I did. I mean, I, I don't think that he's ripping on Deion Sanders when he points out something that Deion did. If if you were to say to me, uh, hey, you know, here's what I did to lose weight and Plank can't do it. I'm fat. You know, I just yeah. – you got me. I, I, there's no other way. Deion washed the roster of just about everyone that was there. That's – that's a fact. It is a fact, and he's just c- comparing philosophies to what Brent Vittables does as a coach, and to compare that to other coaches, Derek says, I guess just pointing out differences is now an attack on Colorado Yeah, I, I just, that's, that's it. You're pointing out differences. All right, we got a break. When we come back, we'll put a wrap on this edition of the Plank Show next, right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. All right, so we got a big update on the Northwestern story, which is how we'll leave you. Uh, a great text today. You want to read Jacobs real quick because I, I shut down the text line. That's that's a pretty good one right there. Let's see. He says, if what Venable said is considered a shot, we really ought to reexamine things. Yeah. That's the no f- joke. Like he literally just said, you know, I didn't do it how Dion did it in Colorado. He did his way. I did it my way. Oh! Anyway, things are ramping up in old Chicago for the Northwestern Wildcats. If I – if I said maybe that's where Michael Wilbon's focus should be, uh, would I be one of the 80,000 texters to the show today that brought that up? Would that fit? Yeah. <laughs> Civil rights attorney Ben Crump said his law firm and other attorneys have received reports of hazing within Northwest- Northwestern's baseball and softball programs. In addition to growing complaints of hazing within the, within the football program, at a news conference this morning, Crump and Chicago, Ben Crump and Chicago attorney Steve Levin said they have not filed a lawsuit yet, but represent 15 people and have been in touch with dozens of former athletes. Warren Miles Long, a running back of Northwestern's football team in 2013, said players were put into a culture where sexual violence and hazing was rampant. He said new recruits had no sense of whether it was normal or limited to Northwestern. Former quarterback Lloyd Yates, linebacker Simba Short, tight end Tom Carnifax are among more than 15 men and women who have retained Crump and the Chicago-based Levin and Picanti law firm to seek damages against the school due to its hazing scandal. My goodness. So it's not just football and baseball. I'm seeing other sports involved with this, oh, too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Softball is in there. I'm seeing volleyball and cheerleading, too. Oh, volleyball and cheerleading, too. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Uh, the private uh, – Criminal charges are also possible. Illinois, like nearly all states in recent decades, has, de- has criminalized hazing. It is typically a class – a misdemeanor which can carry up to one year in prison. The hazing prevention page on Northwestern's website includes descriptions of Illinois hazing laws. Big problem in Northwestern. you got to figure all this out. 
Boy, this started with, think about how this thing is done blowed up. This started with a report two Fridays ago. So we're go- today is the 20th, right? So we're, go- I'm sorry, today's the 19th. So we're going back to a Friday news dump on July 7th. Yep. And the news dump was simply, Pat Fitzgerald has been suspended for two weeks amid a hazing investigation. Uh, and there is a laundry list of things, right? There was going to be a person that was going to be in the locker room at all times. There was uh, no more Camp Kenosha. And I think they had, I think they had taken away a couple recruiting calls yeah. or something. But that was it. And then by mid-afternoon on July 8th, thanks to a story in the Northwestern student paper, it, snar- it started a snowball that has rolled downhill into a full-blown avalanche that has absolutely imploded. Not just the Northwestern football program, but it sounds like their athletic department, too. It got crazy. Yeah, former player talking about the hazing with Pat Fitzgerald now just blew up not only just football, but so many sports at Northwestern. Unreal. Tough spot to be. Now you got to figure out who to hire as coaches for football and then baseball. Yeah, and, and maybe softball too. By the way, their softball program has been incredibly program. successful. Michelle Gascoigne's up there. So I don't think – and I know that because it's a pair. And why their name escapes me right now blows my mind. But there's a pair of sisters, the drone, the the, the drone sisters. They've been there forever. But ugh, what up? Trip, trip, yeah, trips to the Women's College World Series. It's a really good program in Northwestern. Wow. So it continues to grow and get back. But no, let's uh, let's talk about the sanctimonious <laughs> nature here. Northwestern alum Michael Wilbon of Brent Venables while you sit on your mighty perch and don't even talk about it. How do you this. not mention anything about this? This is a really big deal. You don't bring it up on your, well, on your show. show. Hey, speaking of big deals, Parker Thune and Mike Steely are coming up next. Uh, we'll be at Cavens tomorrow. Big show coming up tomorrow. I want to thank George Stoya for joining us. If you missed any part of the show today, it is podcasted as soon as we wrap up. Simply go to kref.com or or you can search however you consume. However you consume podcast. Uh, iHeartRadio, Apple, Spotify, search KREF and you'll find it there. Connor Pasby, I'm Chris Plank. The show never stops on Twitter. What's your Twitter handle? At Connor Pasby? At Connor Pasby, yep. I'm at Plank Show and everyone should follow us at KREF Sports. A lot of crew news coming up next. Parker Thune's on deck with Steel Man right here on The Ref.